and welcome to Trailblazers, the first ever podcast to be done by men. My name is Ryan Broderick. My name is Luke Bailey. And we have a not very special episode today. In fact, I feel like every I said epi- that... Every episode we do is special. I, I hope they are because I realized in the course of editing this show that I say that in every single episode. <laughs> we have a very special episode and we have very special guests. It's a vocal tick. I cannot get rid of so it. So what we've had to do is invite no guests on in order to stop us calling them special guests. And yet we've spent the entire opening of this episode discussing my use of the term very special guests. We can't get out of this. It's a mess. It's a loop. Um, Luke, how's quarantine treating you? This is week eight now or nine? Um, I know we passed day 50 today. Today was day 50. So that's, this that's is the, the, it's the start of the eighth week. Okay. Cause this is the ninth week of our podcast. Okay. Maybe it this is, is nine weeks. So this is, this is the middle of the ninth week. And I think we were locked. I was locked down before we started the show. So I've been locked down since March. Eight. I've been locked down since March twenty fourth. Wow. How long? How long do you think you guys have got? What before we kill ourselves or before we're let out? Whichever's first. Uh, well, in New York City, uh, I don't think it'll be anytime soon. But I sort of think that like New York is very good at creating like bizarre legal gray zones where like people just like break the law in a way that if you're privileged, you can just do that. And so I sort of think we're going to see the rise of, like, COVID speakeasies soon and, like, lots of dangerous shit like that because, like, New Yorkers just, like, can't do this for much longer. I mean, I think New York is going to be very early. I think London is, too, is, is to kind of COVID parties. They're already happening. I, uh, I think I heard of one in, like, Bushwick here because, of course, although, like, sure, it is kind of crazy to me that, like, you couldn't get coronavirus in Bushwick before the coronavirus, you know, like of all of the pathogens that you could get in Bushwick. Well, I mean, the problem is is there are so many other diseases that it's like, it's forcing coronavirus out. Like you can't, you can't get coronavirus (laughs) when you also have like 18 different STDs. Right, right. Yeah. Your, your Bushwick loft is probably actually the safest place to go to avoid getting coronavirus because it can't live. The, The virus dies in that environment. It can't survive without many viruses around it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, have you done anything bizarre in your, in your downtime recently? Any sort of new milestone in the, uh Oh, I'm not okay. I mean, my milestones in like the, uh, I'm not okay thing are all reasonably minor. Cause I'm, I've got, I got some hobbies. I'm painting some shelves, doing some oh, gardening. I, okay. uh, got some flowers coming up successfully. Uh, but I did, I did like find myself like twice in the same day, just getting up and walking to a different room. I have no idea why I did it. Just, cats, just like, oh. cats do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I'm in here now. I didn't need to be in here. I mean, that's pretty cool that you're bragging about having multiple rooms. Wow. <laughs> did I tell you the story of the um, the <laughs> the ramen bake incident with me? You you heard you a pasta bake with, with ramen? No. Okay. So I feel like this was this was around week four, and this is when I decided like. Oh, like I gotta, I gotta really like change my lifestyle because maybe week five, cause I was getting like pretty insane. And this was, I think my rock bottom. And then after that, it's like all been managing, you know, from here. Right. You've got to like pass through the bad. Yeah. Yeah. So this was my low point, which was that I took, I was like making a lot of like good fried rice recipes, you know, cause they're easy That's good. That's good. and I like them, you know, you just take some kimchi, take some fried, take some rice. Oh, have you, started making, have you started making your own kimchi yet? I haven't, but I, you know, I buy the jars that are pretty good and then I make some stuff with it anyways. So after a couple days of doing this, I was like, I wonder like how good, how crazy I can get with this. So I took some kimchi. I took some tater tots. That doesn't sound good. Put them into a frying pan. The tater tots started to fry down into kind of like a latka patty kind of thing. Then I took some spam and I put that in there and then I was like, I'm sick of rice so I had some instant ramen, and then I put that in there, and then I then I forgot about the flavor packet, so I put that in there, and then I was like, well, I could put some egg in because I needed to so- soak up the flavor packet that I just put in, so I put some egg in, and then I had some sausage, so I was like, oh, I should get rid of the sausage, so I put that in there, and then some peppers. Basically, just like everything in my fridge went into a frying pan. It's, it's effectively the world's worst Spanish omelet. Sort of, but it has noodles in it. Yeah, that's what makes it the world's worst. 
Is there noodles okay. in a Spanish? There's no noodles in a Spanish omelet. No, that's though, right? why it's a terrible Spanish oh, omelet. It's a Spanish well, omelet plus noodles, which makes it terrible. I did eat it all, um, and I was like so dehydrated. That doesn't mean it's, that doesn't mean it's not terrible. Right. I mean, I was so dehydrated from the salt that I did feel hungover immediately afterwards. <laughs> Um, but I was thinking about this this sort of rock bottom moment for myself when I was reading about Robert Pattinson's oh, man. fast food pasta. It's extremely good. Like <laughs> the guys, the guys like he's like that's fake, right? He is just improvising that. He has okay. just come up with like an insane thing to do to someone. Okay, wait. So I feel like I feel like we have to. <laughs> we have to explain what this is. Do you do you do you know the recipe? I can pull it up if you don't know it. I don't know it off by heart, but let's okay. let's go through it. Okay, so so according to Robert Pattinson, he makes something called <laughs> Piccolini Cucino, which is in, in the iteration that came from this GQ article. It was one filthy quote unquote box of cornflakes. Nine packs of pre-sliced cheese, quote-unquote, just any sauce, the top half of a hamburger bun, lots of sugar, and any pasta. And he has a favorite kind of pasta he likes to use, but in the GQ article, he can't remember what the pasta is that he likes to use. So he he uses a different kind. He says it's like a woman's hair bun. He describes it as a squiggly blob. (laughs) What what is that? What do you think that is? (laughs) <laughs> so one one reporter for the Guardian, uh, Max Benwell, did try to make it this this recipe, which in the GQ article causes Robert Pattinson to almost burn down his house because he tries to microwave tinfoil. Um. <laughs> it's not a re- like okay, it's not a recipe. This is a British man who is bored, and he's like, yeah, no, I make my own pasta, and he's just walked over, pulled out some things, and gone like, yeah, this is how I make it. Just to see if this person will like. We know he's. We know he's like a king, like bullshitter anyway. Like this so, is just what he's doing. So wait, like I feel like Luke, you're you're kind of the 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 best expert in the world to ask about this because you spent many years living like the the peak London dirtbag lifestyle in London's version of Bushwick, which is uh, Dalston. Sure. Have you ever? <laughs> Just gone, like, do you think it's believable that, like, Robert Pattinson would go to an off-license, buy a bunch of garbage, and then, like, cook it in a microwave and eat, like, a sugary mess of garbage? Well, it wouldn't be sugary, because our food isn't as sugary as yours, but, like, just he, random No, he items. adds the sugar. Yeah. He adds the sugar. See, that's, that's what makes me think it's not a real recipe. Because no British <laughs> person would do that. We don't add sugar to things like that. Like, I think, no, I I think he's absolutely gone to a supermarket before and just picked up a bunch of things. But in this case, he's just gone like, here's a load of food that I have. Like, like no one goes, oh, I'm going to get breadcrumbs, but they had cornflakes instead. So I got cornflakes. Like, that is what someone does if they just see a box of cornflakes when they're trying to make up this random fucking recipe. (laughs) Like, it doesn't make any sense. You don't. Why is there a hamburger bun in there? Well, he he burns his initials into the hamburger bun with a lighter. Yeah, he's making this up as he goes. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> funny. It's very funny. It's very Robert Pattinson because that is very much what he does with everything. But no, he's absolutely bullshitting that recipe. Um, what is the what is the struggliest meal you've made via an off license ever? Yeah, I mean, oh, I, I, I should explain. An off license is kind of like a London equivalent of a bodega. It's like a newsstand combined with a bodega. I mean, the, the classic British struggle meal is a Rustler burger. What the fuck is that? Have you never had a, did you never have a Rustler burger? No, what is that? It's a microwavable burger. Oh, I think I saw these ones. They're like yeah. in the freezer section and they're just like pre-made burgers, but also the bun is included, right? The bun is included, the burger is included, and the, the cheese is included, and there's a small packet of ketchup in there as well. Oh, is, God. It's not good. Um, but no, you put the whole, you microwave the whole thing. You have to like do it in a particular way because otherwise, like the cardboard that it comes on, like sticks to the burger and becomes part of the burger. Oh, so you need God. to like, move it around a bit. Um, <laughs> but no, when I was when I was living at uni, um, I lived on campus for like a year, and the, there was a shop, one shop on campus, and I was at the end of the shop, but then the other end was where the like big, like actual like canteen was. Right. So if I'm hungover and you get up and you're like, okay, I need some Coke and I need something to eat. 
but this thing was basically all you could buy was chocolate and Rustler burgers. So like you would start your day with like a Coke and a Rustler burger because I was like, okay, I just need some food. And then like one, you'd be like, okay, now I'll go and get the actual food. I see. I see. Yeah. I was... But they were not good. I was quite partial to buying like off-license chorizo and off-license provolone and sriracha and putting it on a freezer pizza. Yeah, that's that's insane. Just buy Why? a more expensive freezer pizza. But if you're if you're complete like like for instance like if it's if it's a time of day or night in which you can't go to a normal supermarket and you can't order food, I feel like they're just, that there's just they have better freezer pizzas. They generally have quite like a Dr. Octopus freezer pizza is quite nice. It's they, fine. You know, Dr. Octor is pretty good. That's true. Yeah. It shouldn't be because it's essentially a crisp, but it's quite nice. <laughs> Um, for Americans, Dr. Ocker's is, is, is a particular brand of pizza, but for whatever reason, the the base is like, it's not designed to be crispy, it's designed to be crunchy. Yeah, it's a crunchy... It's not clear why. It's, it's kind of like a, you made pizza with a graham cracker. That's kind of like the consistency. Yeah, but for some reason it works. This is a segue. This is a per- happening right now. It's a perfect segue okay. into my internet thing of the week that I've been wanting to do with you for weeks, but I've been waiting for it to like reach critical mass, and I think we're finally ready to do it. Okay, let's do it. So it's going to require me sending you some things. Oh, that's. Uh, do I need to change to a com- not a computer that I don't do work on? Or no, no, yeah, yeah. Let me. I'm just going to show you some hardcore pornography, and then you can comment on it. Um, cool, cool, cool. Although we probably should eventually do like the best recipes from the Pornhub comment section because there's some really good like stuff going on there. We could spend a week making them. Yeah, we could make the. Oh, actually, isn't there like? I feel like there was a screenshot I saw once of like a really good spag bowl recipe, but it was from Pornhub's comments. Anyways. Um, if you're listening and you know what I'm talking about, please send that to me. The the recipe. Don't send him pre-made spag bolognese. Spag bowl? Spaghetti bolognese? Yeah, spaghetti bolognese. Okay. So have you been following the TikTok meme of people pronouncing tweets that start with British people be like X? That this is my this was my <laughs> this this was my segue from other British thing to this. But then there's a whole aside there about Pornhub, so it got fucked I up. Have, I have I have seen this, yes. Okay. So um let's 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 listen to a little bit right now. British people be like, it's Tuesday, isn't it? <laughs> British people watching Spider-Man be like, Peter Parker. <laughs> British people be like, can I get a bow of water? <laughs> um, so what I wanted to do was I found a thread. I found search results of people taking the meme and they use like phonetic pictures. <laughs> okay. And so this is actually this is actually really good because my internet thing of the week is all about Boston. Oh really? Oh this is amazing. Yeah. Okay, great. So I have it set I have the search results set to top and there's like a few. So I wanted to I wanted to I was gonna try to pronounce this. I'm not gonna do an accent, I'm just gonna pronounce this, but I wanted you to try as well. So the one that I see here is British people be like, I've got an and then a picture of an eye and a picture of a deer. So yeah. it's British people be like, I've got an idea. What do you think? Yeah, about British that? people have got an idea. I don't know. Well, how <laughs> how do you say it differently? That's the way to say it. British people insulting your intelligence be like, mate, you're so shoe date. What? Oh, stupid. Stupid. Oh wait, no, sorry. I was going to say peach. It's not peach. It's a pit, isn't it? Yeah, it's. But it's we don't call that. We don't call that pit. pit. What do you call? We don't it? call that a pit. It's a stone. Oh, shoe stone. So, mate, you're so shoe stone. <laughs> Normal people will be like, I'll ask her. British people will be like, Alaska. <laughs> this is just the same. British people will be like, Alaska. British people will be like, I gotta change my battery. <laughs> and it's a picture of a bat in a tree. <laughs> I'm sure British people are like, i got to char- charge my battery. But See, the problem is now I'm trying to do a different British accent so it doesn't sound like this. <laughs> also, there's a very specific accent that this is about, isn't it? 
it's basically it's, you know it's basically the Love Island accent. I think I think that's what's happening is that I think that it's Americans trying to do what would that be like? It'd be like um, it's like a West English accent. Uh, it'd be south southeast. South. Okay, well, I'm, I got that completely fucking wrong. Like Essex. Uh, Essex. It's like to, which for Americans, Essex would be like the Long Island or the Jersey, like the New Jersey of of of, of England. I think. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But I think it's really strange that this is happening. <laughs> I just saw it says, stupid wanker, oi, oi, Brexit. Uh, that just sounds like you. Um, <laughs> no, I just think it's really strange that, like, of all of, like, because I feel like coronavirus has done this weird thing where it's taken everything in the internet, shaken it up, and now it's all just, like, coming out in random bits. And for some reason, like, a bunch of Americans have just realized that, like, British people have a different accent, and it's become, like, a huge meme. Man, we need to introduce them to, like, probably the Geordie accent is probably the craziest. The Geordie accent is unintelligible. Like, like literally, yeah. it doesn't sound like English. It's not. It's Geordie. <laughs> There's also been a tweet that's been going around my Tumblr for, like, probably a month now. That is, there's been a British voice in my head saying, bit sad in it for the past week and a half. <laughs> I, I don't even know what that's linked to. I, so what I think it is, is I think that, like, the coronavirus has depressed Americans to the point where now the only way they can properly express themselves is with like Britishisms. I, mean, I guess that makes sense. Like, but British people don't express themselves very well at all, and, and they only use Britishisms. Well, I had this. But maybe maybe this is it. Maybe it's the reverse of that. It's that Americans are now attempting to like deal with their emotions, and the best way to do that with their like fucked up quarantine emotions, and the best way to do that is to use British slang because the using British phrases means that you then don't have to deal with your emotions. You just, oh. you're just British. It's, it's actually a suppression mechanism. So I had this thought when I saw you tweet, uh, this video of, uh, British people doing a conga line to memorialize the war dead. <laughs> uh, and for those of you yeah, who haven't we, seen the video, it's, I mean, how would you describe the video for people who haven't seen it? It's a lot of British people doing a conga line to memorialize the war dead. <laughs> There's no other way to describe it. Okay, so so what happened is, um, like, British people aren't quite as, uh, like, we, we're a little bit less big on, like, a big events to, like, celebrate our, our previous wars and stuff, but we do have, there's, like, a very, like, some hard rules about it. One of them is the Poppies, which is in November, but the other one is, is VE Day, which rarely comes around. Like, I barely remember the last one, because it's every, I mean, it's every year, because it's the anniversary of victory over Europe, but... Like it, it's only like big every like twenty five years. So this was seven, V seventy day seventy five. Gotcha. We moved, we moved around a public holiday. In fact, to make uh, this that last Friday was a public holiday, um, in order to like account for it. But obviously, coronavirus. So, load of people were like, um, so they sort of, the government were like, hey, it's V day, but you know, don't have street parties, don't do anything crazy because you know coronavirus and stuff. But rather than being like, oh, okay, cool, we'll all just hang out in our houses and maybe look at a Union Jack that we all have. Obviously, we all have many Union Jacks. <laughs> yeah, you just look at the British flag all day. It's great. So many. Yeah, and just, you know, move around the pictures of Queen, put them in slightly different places, all that sort of stuff. Um, but then these people decided to have street parties because this was traditionally what, what happens on this day. Apparently, again, this is the first time I really remember this. Uh, and so instead, everyone went out to have socially distant street parties. And so... One of these ended up with a socially distanced conga line to essentially <laughs> remember the war, remember the war dead. So, which meant it was just a load of people who were standing two meters apart on a rope, which also didn't look like two meters. Like it was a video, but I was no, like, "There's no way there's two It was meters. barely, it was barely five feet. Like, let's be real. Yeah, but instead of touching each other, they were holding this rope and then of like dancing, which is not socially socially distancing, and it's a conga to remember the war dead. So here's here's why I was thinking about this, which is that at the same time that American like twenty somethings and teenagers are speaking in British accents on TikTok, you have British people doing what I think is an incredibly American thing, which is a completely idiotic conga line in public, and that to me doesn't feel very British. That feels very American, especially when it's to remember the war dead. Americans love remembering the war dead. That's like our fucking thing, and I wonder if the stress of the coronavirus has culturally switched the two countries. And so British people are acting more American and Americans are acting more British. The British people are spending a lot of time with their tops off in parks. Well, that's French. That's what French people do. Oh, the myth is French. 
I don't know, man. Every, everyone's screwed up. Uh, <laughs> we, we, but also, I just think I just think Conga Line is too embarrassingly British because aside from anything else, like no one in doing it was in time. <laughs> well, that's British. Yeah, that's like, Americans British. would have would have like even by coincidence, like half of them would have been in time. That's true. But the fact that every single one of them was out of time means like that's that's quintessentially British. Also, <laughs> there were other people that did uh, entertaining street pie things, including uh, uh, row the boat one. So everyone, oh like, god sat down in like a long line on the floor, like a hundred people in a row. This is us attempting not to gather in one place. Right. But it was fine because they were like an extra foot apart each. So yeah, that was also bad. I mean, that's sort of happening on the weekends here, but it's at least where I live in Brooklyn, it's manifesting more like you'll just be out walking and then you'll turn a corner and an entire city block has been hotboxed. I don't mean, it sounds, it sounds like they're, 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 they're social distance pretty well because they're quite spaced out. That's good. That Thank was really you. good. That was yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> um, all right. So, what's your Boston thing? Okay, yeah, my Boston thing. Uh, so, it's this. It's fifteen second video, and it's it's superb. Okay, I'm excited. Uh, the title of this video is, is Point of View, You're Walking in Boston, Minding Your Own Business. And I we can put the sound on this as well. Okay, so I haven't seen this. So this will be me reacting for the first time to this. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fucking Wow, this is, <laughs> this is a lot. Okay, so I'm going to attempt to describe <laughs> for people what's, <laughs> what's happening here. Oh boy. Okay, so it's walking. It's a camera. It's walking past a bar in Boston called the Tam, which is 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 the is Tam a Boston word? It feels like a Boston word. Oh, I see where this is. Okay, so the Tam is like is like right in downtown Crossing, uh, by like Boston Common. It's okay. And it, like, has a bunch of, like, shamrock shit on it, because, <laughs> of course, it does. And then a guy with, like, the only thing I can describe is, like, permanent Marlboro Reds voice says, it's fucking hilarious, right? And I believe he's referring to the fact that, like, the bar is definitely full of people. Yeah. I think also the fact that someone's filming it, like, it's supposed to be fun. I don't know. It's oh, he says, oh, oh, he says the bar is full. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And then another man in a Patriots hat of course. starts singing into an invisible microphone that his hand is holding, and he just says the phrase, I banged your mother, <laughs> which isn't like a song or anything. He's, and he's, he, what is he holding? He's, he's holding a coffee cup that I think is absolutely full of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> it's a safe bet. Uh, and then the first man looks at the camera and says an anti-gay slur yep. that unfortunately is extremely common with men from Boston. And then a third man laughs a lot at the camera. <laughs> and so what I'm... Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> one, of the t- one of the tweets in this thread under the video says, they all sound like they've been eating sand for five days straight. <laughs> and then another guy, another user says, it's Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then, uh, <laughs> it's a very dramatic, it's a very dramatic clip. And it's, it's, I mean, it's just, I it's, assume it's the most Boston thing. So, this, oh, this might be, this might be the Boston version of the, of the guys hitting each other with chairs. It's well, not. Really found that. Remember we found it and it involves, uh, like two men in Celtics jerseys, like hitting stuff with baseball bats. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, no, I remember that one. Yeah, Which, okay. I, we can find that. We can bring that up for a later episode of Trailblazers. So, okay, I think Trailblazers is a show about the bizarre online lives that we lead in quarantine. But it is also, like, frequently picks apart the, the, toxic, the toxic masculinity that exists on the Internet. By the way, I meant to say this at the very beginning of the show. If I sound different this week, it's because I have a mustache and not a beard. So that might be changing sort of my general vibe this week. I wasn't mentioning it out of politeness to his face. What do you th- do? You think my mustache is good? I think we should move on. What? I think we should just miss, move on to the next thing. You don't think it's good? 
I, I'm just not 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 having an opinion. It's I th- just. Uh, I think I look like a cowboy. I mean, actually, in the spirit in the spirit of getting rid of the toxic masculinity, Ryan, you look very nice. Thank you. Was that so hard to say? Yes, I hated it. Back to this Boston video. I'm curious. What was your what was your first impression of this? I mean, it was exactly what I would have expected from Boston. It's two, it's guys being angry and just taking offense at someone who exists near them. <laughs> we uh, love doing that. <laughs> but for reasons that are, yeah, for reasons that are unclear, but equally also they seem to be mad because, you know, they're not in the bar. And that I can relate to. Like I've been mad for 8 weeks now because I've not been in the bar. So I've tried to explain this to a lot of people in my life about how people from Boston can do this thing that up until I moved to the UK, I really hadn't seen anywhere else in the world. And you see this happening a bit in this video, which is that with the Boston accent the way it is, if you want to be incredibly cruel to someone, what you what you can do with the what you can do with that accent is just say a thing that isn't mean but in such a way that is actually devastating. Right, it's just you can say whatever you like because the accent itself is so fundamentally mean. For instance, uh, I was a teenager, I was probably 17 years old, I was walking back from a ska concert in Boston, and um, a man in a Celtics jersey and his girlfriend were walking towards me, it was probably 9 o'clock at night, the man was incredibly drunk. And he locked eyes with me and my group of friends, he looked right at me and he said, nice haircut, and then walked off. And I've thought about it almost every day for over a decade. That that is that 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 man just being like, "Nice haircut," has haunted me. That's good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you're proud of that. I guess. <laughs> So you know the, the the American hype house, the TikTok hype house. Yes. Okay. So there is a British version of that, and it's called the the bite uh, the bite squad or something. Yeah, the bite squad. Are they like in Margate or somewhere? Uh, no, I think they're in the north somewhere, they're like Hull or something. Oh, weird. Okay. But there's like there's like well, you can't afford a house in London to do this. Right. Right. Well, that's like how PewDiePie lives in that YouTuber town with Zoella and all them, right? Well, he lives in Brighton, but Brighton's Brighton. super expensive. Yeah. But no, so that most of their videos are like normal, but I kind of came across them today and I was like, oh yeah, that's that group that everyone's been covering. And I'm obsessed with how cynical, cynically they're making all their traffic plays. And there's this one guy, I'm going to call the leader. I know I've no idea if he's the leader, but I'm going to call him the leader anyway. Cool, cool. This guy, his name is, I actually don't know what his name is, but his new handle is uh, Surface London. Maybe he is actually from London. But... He has this TikTok channel. No one really watches his videos, but he has 4.8 million followers. Holy but shit. All of, his, all of his videos, if you go down, all of his videos have like 100,000 views, 200,000 views, 50,000 views. Like he doesn't get a huge number of, of views. And the reason for that is that he is obsessively using like traffic plays, like constantly. He has about four videos and they're just repeated endlessly, like five times a day. Oh, wait. Okay. So I thought I was crazy or my computer was broken. No, but he's just uploading the same video over and over no, no, no. again to his page. It's not, it's not the same video. It's just incredibly similar videos. Oh, so he has one. There's one type of video which is called hit or miss, which is there are these sweets you can get which you bite into them and then they squirt and they either squirt like into your mouth or out like into the room. Okay. And every fourth video is him going up to one of the people in the house, going play this game, and then they do the game, and then it's like hit or miss which way it goes. But before they do that, he goes up to them and says hit or miss and then goes, also, there's this wall here and we're writing all the names of all our followers on it. So if you tagged five friends then in this, I will then write your name on this wall. Oh. Then the next one is kind of similar to the short one. He goes up to his friends with like two emojis on a, on a phone and goes right. like, hey, you've got to guess this. And if you can't guess this, uh, it, well, no, if you guess this, I'll put my phone on my Instagram, my phone number on my Instagram. And they go like, oh, it's really easy because the, 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 it's like a seven and then an arrow pointing up. And they're like, oh, seven up. And he's like, oh, no, I have to put my phone on my Instagram. And he goes like, then has like a screen grab of his phone being like, oh, yeah, yeah. Look, look, you've got to go to my Instagram to see my phone number. Please don't call me. But obviously, because he's got a private Instagram, you have to follow him to do that. This is genius. It is, it is one of the most deranged things I've ever seen. 
He's also doing like so. Okay, for people who who might not know this, uh, Luke and I both worked at BuzzFeed for a while, and we we were on different teams, but we would actually work together pretty often on like videos back when like the industry was trying to map out like how viral videos would work in a sustainable way, and yeah, we didn't figure it out. Spoiler alert! But we made <laughs> some pretty good stuff. But what I think is really interesting, like scanning for, for a while this- there, we created some really good value for shareholders. Yeah, I love making value for shareholders. I love making content that is um, valuable to a company that isn't the one I work for. Um, you're welcome, Facebook. Anyways, <laughs> um, what is really interesting is that, like, I feel like in the in the nine months that you and I were making videos, we sort of outlined like a bunch of really easy things you can do to get people to watch your videos, and. The telltale sign of anyone who is clearly grinding for video views, in my opinion, especially if they're British, is I'm trying Japanese sweets. Yes, it is. It Absolutely. Is, as someone who has done many videos where, you know, I, would, I was working in Japan at the time in like 2016 and 2017. And like there is an infinite entertainment value on the Internet for like, you know, gaijin trying japanese stuff in in fact japanese audiences they find it kind of funny too and it's kind of a nice cultural thing but it can also get incredibly icky and like if you're ever wondering if like a youtuber or a creator on the internet is like really grinding for views especially with like young audiences the unboxing japanese toys the eating japanese sweets the like fake life hack shit that this guy is doing too I mean, yeah, this stuff, he's got this stuff where he's got like these very minor pranks where it's like you pull out a piece of gum and then like a fake insert comes out. Right. Or like the one where I just saw, I think on here, where he's trying different uh, like crisps. Yeah. Like if you're ever, if, basically if you ever see a creator trying international candies or snack food or something, that's because they have literally run out of ideas and they're like trying to just get some views before they can get like enough money to blow up their pool or light something on fire or like crash a McLaren or whatever the fuck they do. Oh, he's also doing a shitload of stuff with Reaper peppers. And that was our thing. Yep. Like, yeah, it was our thing. I, I had to eat three different Reaper peppers because like we didn't film it right. <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, we did, we just deleted them afterwards, but yeah, like if you go through this, isn't it just, it's, it's, it's like kind of wild. The amount of just like repeated content that he's doing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just the same five videos again and again and again. He's doing a thing like Google Google Tricks where he's just like typing in like, you know, you can play like noughts and crosses on Google. But he does this and then or before you get the answer to it, he does the big, like everyone check on my wall. Everyone like tagged here to get the wall, like to be able to appear on my wall. It's like, it's deranged. He's also doing like what I think is one of the more uniquely British video formats, which is terrorizing my girlfriend. Oh, yes. There's a lot of terrorizing the girlfriend on this. Like British men, every new platform. I think this is like a rule of the Internet where like every time there's a new video platform, whether it's Vine, video, Snapchat, whatever it is, some British asshole will just start a channel that the entire thing is just him like terrorizing his girlfriend. Yeah. And it happens every single time. It's it's mind blowing to me. Do you know one of the guys who did was been to his girlfriend on YouTube a lot? I uh, know on Facebook uh, ended up having like three number ones in the UK. That does not surprise me, based on what I know about UK culture. Yeah, it was. Bad. I feel like I feel like for I feel like Luke, you have this thing that has been going for many years now that I find very I felt I, I felt very like worried about you at first, but now <laughs> I find it like very kind of admirable, which is that you, in my opinion have the most encyclopedic knowledge of various UK content farms. Yeah, I really wish I didn't. It's, it's, it's <laughs> unpleasant. You find like, them... There's an awful lot of seeing stuff and just being like, oh, yeah, them again. But you find them, and then you, like, immediately know how to, like, figure out what they're doing and just, like, like untangle what they're, what they're up to. And it's been... Go- like, and it's also, like, a thing where, like, it's also very British, where the minute a new platform appears, a bunch of creeps in, like the north of England band together, make a fake company and then use it to exploit like ad CPMs. Yeah, essentially like it's happened dozens of times now. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it keeps happening. Oh man, oh man, oh this is crazy. So one of the things that he does on this a lot is he, he puts like, you know those things you get where you put like a little model in water and then it expands to be a bigger model? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, so he does loads of these, but he doesn't put the follow up on. Which was like really confusing me. I was like, "Is this a clickbait thing? Like, what he's doing is he's trying to like put it in so that and then you'll you'll subscribe so you come back to the next one." Which is what I think he is doing, 
But as I've scrolled down far enough, I found an original where he put the first one in, where he did the initial, like, watch the alien grow. Yeah. And then put the second video on of here it's grown. The first video did 10 million views. The second did, like, 800,000. So he's just realized you just don't need to do the second video. Wow. So you just never need the punchline. Just do the thing where put it in and enough people watch it and be like, oh, we'll see. Will it grow? But then you never need to have the follow-up because no one watches the follow-up. I mean, so I've been, oh, wonder- dark. I've been wondering this about TikTok and I feel like this is like a good, this is a good segue, which is that like TikTok to me is the rise. So I've, uh, if you're interested in like, ser- like some serious writing about TikTok, I've written a bit about it for, for Buzzfeed news. You can check out my username, buzzfeed.com slash Ryan hates this. Um, but, and I've interviewed people who have been TikTok creators. I've talked to people inside of TikTok, like their executives. I've, I've spoken to executives in both the U S and, and Beijing about TikTok in general. And the thing that I find super interesting is that like, there are still people that are surfacing content on YouTube. Yes, there's a lot of algorithmic influence, but like people are in charge of YouTube. It, 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 it might uh, work towards your baser instincts, but same with Facebook, like people are doing the sharing and the watching. Yeah, and people, like there are levers that people can pull on YouTube to be like, we don't like these videos anymore. We want videos to be longer. Like they exist. Right. Whereas with TikTok, it is so heavily run by an algorithm that we know favors pretty, mostly light-skinned, thin, able-bodied creators making, like, essentially just, like, digital algorithmic ephemera, then it makes total sense that this kid was like, oh, yeah, I don't have to show the end of the video because it doesn't even matter. The content's not even being consumed that way. I just have to make, like, content for the machine, and the machine will make it go viral, and that's, like, all that matters. Yeah, because also everyone knows it's so short that so long as the thumbnail looks vaguely interesting, you'll click on the thumbnail. So, like, if your if your thumbnail is your hand holding a red pepper, another very viral trick that put your hand in front of the camera so it looks as a point of view, right? Um, and you know you've got a, a in this instance, you know, a white girl that he's holding the pepper out to. That's it. People are going to click on that. And you actually need them to watch the whole way through because it's so short they're going to anyway. Well, no, 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 no. Wait, people aren't clicking. That's the thing about TikTok. I, I, I don't remember the exact percentage that I got from them, but it basically the majority of all views come from the For You page, which is kind of like a revved up Netflix's homepage combined with like a, a Facebook news feed. There's no clicking. There's no real... Right. Like very few people are probably typing in this kid's name and clicking on his videos. So what they have to do is they have to have a thumbnail that looks good enough for someone to wait long enough for the video to start playing in their, in their feed before scrolling. So it's like even less input than a, than a YouTube video. There's no real agency in this content, which is fascinating to me. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is the videos are so short that all you need to do is like scroll it briefly. Cause you're like, Oh, is this girl going to eat this pepper? Cause that would be quite funny. And instead it just gets to the end and he's just advertising his own Instagram channel. Right. But people are already engaged. So. Like I'm watching a video where he's, Claiming that I think his girlfriend's gonna have to like eat a, a whole egg or something. This is a nightmare. This this is a fucking nightmare. This is like yeah. those algorithmically generated YouTube videos of trains that last for like nine hours to like hypnotize toddlers. Would you start? Would you join a content farm, Luke? I mean, there's a there's a case that the like nonsense hacks on Facebook would be quite fun. Oh, work for like a Slovakian like like life hack farm yeah. in <laughs> for facebook traffic yeah exactly so you're like all right i have i have like three plastic bottles an egg uh some some batteries and and this piece of string what can i make with it here's a hack i don't want to be naked on the internet and i don't think anyone else wants me to be naked on the internet we don't but i do think there is like something to be done in the unboxing like fleshlight space. So you think thinking reviews or just unboxings? No, because I don't want to review them. That's creepy. I don't, and I don't also don't think that like you need to really review a sex toy. Whereas, you know, what if you just like show people what they look like? Well, in that case, I feel like we should do better than that. It should be unboxing bad dragon stuff. Oh, so for people who don't know, Bad Dragon is a furry-related uh, sex toy website. Um, I've been on their mailing list for like almost a decade now. Um, I joined as a joke in like 2012, and then yeah. I just... But yeah, if you're going to do unboxing, that's what you should be unboxing. I think that's it. If everything has to be... Because like everyone's horny now, and there's no social boundaries. So as someone who doesn't want to get naked on the internet, i got to figure like, how do I get involved in this 
burgeoning scene of content. And I feel like verified Pornhub channel, I am box bag dragon dildos. Like maybe that's you could do the one that's the lay egg. Oh, oh, the 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 uh, it's like the alien egg layer thing. That's like yeah, uh, yeah. if you if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, you're you're lucky. It's like a <laughs> it's like a tube that goes inside of your body cavity. Uh, and then it squeezes out silicon eggs and slime into you. Um, like that dream you had that one time. Yeah. One time. Um, Luke. What content are you consuming to stay sane? Oh man, I knew you were going to ask me this, and I haven't, I haven't added a huge amount of new content to my repertoire. Um, what did I talk about last week? Uh, okay, wait. I'm having, even though like I edit these episodes, and I should have an encyclopedic knowledge of everything we talk about. I can't, I almost can't remember anymore. I okay. think last week I done? you were watching. No, last week you weren't watching history stuff or things about big things on YouTube. You, it was with Dan, and you were talking about. Oh, did you finish Destiny? And it was like the Swedish, the Finnish control. metal band? I went back to control? Con- I went back control. To control. That's what control. it was. The video okay. game control, um, yeah. In that case. Yeah, what have you done in the last week of your life? I, think, I feel like I've just been here. <laughs> I've, been working, <laughs> I've been working in this exact spot for like seven days straight. Uh, man, I've just been like, an awful lot of coronavirus stuff. Have you done anything oh, for fun? What, in got, the? Okay. No, I mean, I got to a really good book, a bit of my uh, Lyndon Johnson book. Oh man, the Trailblazers audience has been dying for an update on your Lyndon B. Johnson book. They've uh, successfully electrified the hill country. What does that mean? They got electricity to the people who live in the hills and oh, like uh, Appalachian, West Texas. like ap- wait, West Texas? Yeah, there's no hills in West Texas, is there? In the hill country, it's the hill country, and um, there's west of the Edwards Plateau. Whoa, this is blowing my mind. Hill Country, Texas Hill Country, is a geographic region of Central and South Texas forming the southeast part of the Edwards Plateau. Given the location, climate, terrain, and vegetation, the Hill Country can be considered the border of the American Southeast and Southwest. It's legit fascinating because when they when the settlers first got out there, it was like like horse high grass. Like it was all this enormous grass that had like thousands of years to grow, and they're like, "This is amazing. This land must be really fertile." Cut all the grass down. Uh, then discovered the grass was the only thing holding the very thin soil together. All the soil ran off, and then everyone kept starving. But then they got electricity to it, so it was all fine. I mean, that's American history, baby. Everything was really bad, and then a rich man made things slightly better, and then we all forgot about how bad it was. Yeah. Can't wait to do that with what we're going through right now in a couple years. Exactly. So what have you been, what content have you been consuming? Ugh, I'm glad you asked, because I was like, my life is a meaningless collection of moments that add up to nothing, and the existential dread of existence is creeping up the back of my spine. So what I decided to do was start watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer from season one. Wow, okay. How long has it been since you watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or have you never watched it? I feel like I watched bits and pieces of it as a kid, but like in the before time of the before time, like in the non-internet time, there was really no way to follow linear television unless you could watch it every single week. But anyways, I, I just never, I never really watched it. So now that I'm watching it, holy shit, that show. I totally forgot that like a big reveal of season one, spoiler alert, is that Angel's a vampire. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait, how did you not know that this man you only see at night who only talks to you about vampire shit is a vampire? He's so clearly a vampire. So I think I watched this when I was in uni. So I watched it about 10 years ago because I had a friend who like really loved it and was like, oh, you've never seen this? We should watch this. Um, and I remember it being like, the, it was like the last stage of like pre-Joss Whedon, Joss Whedon. And his, his, his uh, dialogue had not got like a parody of himself yet. Well, so this is the thing, and you and I have talked about this in our various Marvel Universe conversations. You and I both agree that Joss Whedon's dialogue in The Avengers, 10 years after The Avengers, is, like, hard to listen to. Uh, With every season of Buffy, or every episode of Buffy that I'm kind of going through, the dialogue is getting Whedonier and Whedonier. Yeah. Um, I'm now in the middle of season two. Here's something... That, like, I didn't notice as a kid, and now it is so clearly apparent to me as an adult that I was like, oh, fuck off. Okay, you know how, like, in season two, Spike is introduced as sort of, like, the new bad guy? Yeah. So, 
Joss Whedon, comic book fan, I know that this was on purpose. I know what he's doing. This is where I was like, oh, fuck off. Which is that Angel is like the vampire antihero. And he's always sort of like characterized as like a black jacket, like a black leather jacket, black clothes, black and white. brooding and yeah. But he's always wearing black and white. Right. So he introduces a anti-antihero, fucking shows up in black and red. I was like, oh, Venom and Carnage from Spider-Man, that's what you're doing, but with vampires? That's so clearly what you're doing with vampires. Angel's Eddie Brock, Spike is Cletus Cassidy, Carnage. Like, that is so obvious what's, ha- what's happening. And because I'm completely isolated, um, I just had to have this, like, incredibly nerdy, dumb thought to myself for days. And now I can finally say it out loud to my podcast, which feels very good. Did I ever tell you I ran into it in a restaurant? Joss Whedon or Venom and Carnage from Spider-Man? Venom and Carnage from Spider-Man. No, Joss Whedon. Oh, that's cool. Uh... Well, I had a, well, did you it, talk it was, to him? Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was in January this in Christ, January this year, it must have been. Jesus. Wait, 2020? It was, it was January last year. I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was recently. But, um, no, yeah, he was he was sitting at a table, like, two across from me. Uh, it was a him. He was there with two women. Um, I went back and forth on, like, what I should say to him. And be like, oh, should I say anything to him? But, like, my default in these areas is to be like, oh, hey, I really like your stuff. And I'm like, I don't like your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> at which point I'm like I'm just not gonna say it I really like what I remembered your stuff as before I revisited it as an adult and realized it was kind of cringe I also much prefer watching it without the knowledge of your personality yeah that's the other thing where it's just like all the main characters are like really well established it, it has like a pretty good lens for like I just watched an episode about an evil fraternity that like drugs <laughs> girls and feeds them to a lizard man in their basement oh no that is that is something a fraternity would never do. Right. But then it also has an episode about like the computer club who swears allegiance to a demon and then starts murdering girls too by catfishing them. So it's like actually both of those things are fairly good like have aged all right. Like kind yeah. of. So I don't know, but it's 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 increasingly weird to watch his like overpowered female heroes. Like, in, in a particular way that is related to him. Yeah, I mean, I haven't gotten to the episodes where Xander gets rewritten as a character that I can actually stand to watch and listen to on screen. So for right <laughs> now, he's just, like, this incredibly obnoxious self-insert who's, like, just saying garbage about how much he loves Buffy. And I didn't realize that Xander was, like, in love with Buffy in the beginning of the show. Yeah, I, it's been a while since I've watched it, but yeah, sure, I'll take your word for it. And then the last thing I'll say about the Buffy rewatch, because I'm sure this is riveting for everybody, is that, um, <laughs> holy shit, Xander has a receding hairline by season two. Um, they are so <laughs> clearly adults, and when they reveal that they're playing 16-year-olds, I almost fell off my couch. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Xander has a five o'clock shadow and a receding hairline in the second season. How are they going to cram four more seasons of this, of them being teenagers? Insane. Astonishing. Uh, Luke? Um, it was really nice uh, just having just having some quality time together. Just yeah, one on one. Do you have anything to plug? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, follow me on Twitter at I'm Bad at Life. I did, I've, I've done really well with follow, followers recently. I'm leading up to ten thousand. I got gained like six hundred followers in the last few days. I feel like I feel like I'm seeing you go viral. All the time now. Well, in the last like three days, I had a bunch, which means I won't have any more for like six months. So I want to thank uh, the newsletter, The Daily Happy, passingfair.substack.com. Uh, yes. They wrote a really, really nice thing about uh, this show. To read a description of this show was incredibly surreal because every week, every episode is always different. And it feels like it exists in this like weird thing where Luke and I just sort of do whatever feels right at the time and so <laughs> it's been like very cute and very nice to kind of hear what people think about it um please keep writing nice stuff about us i guess i don't know um i don't yeah, we mind. like it we like it when people are nice to us yeah i um, Actually, that's not true i like when people are mean to me on the internet because i can be mean back yeah yeah I, I i i tried to be as nice as possible but i am not used to being genuine on the internet so it's very hard um Last week, I explained that I'm in a protracted fight with Pocket Cast. Um, I have updates on this, which I think is funny. So I said, I said, if you are hearing this, you probably are hearing it via Pocket Cast, which means that you it's working. But if you're not, you should probably tell your friends who listen to us on Pocket Cast that we're still struggling to figure out what's going on. Anchor, the hosting service we use, um, 
has been slammed kind of hard by both the coronavirus and the influx of men using their service to make podcasts. Um, yeah, I should point out, by the way, I've been using a bad microphone for the first nine episodes of this because all of the microphones in the UK are sold out. <laughs> yeah, there has been a serious uh, podcasting rush. Um, so Heather emailed me uh, over the weekend. Uh, she's a Garbage Day reader, and she said, Hi, Ryan. I love Garbage Day and the podcast just so, so much. I listen on Pocket Cast. I don't know what is broken with it, but Trailblazers is in my feed twice. One version has not updated since April 3rd, but the version that works came from the newsletter link and is a personal feed. Thanks for making stuff I love. Thank you, Heather, for listening. I'm very sorry. I don't know how to fix that. <laughs> Wait, so, oh, so have you duplicated the feed so we now have two podcasts? Oh, no. So this has been a problem since day one, and this is a Substack issue, which is that we do have two instances of the podcast. One that goes out to all the platforms that aren't Substack and one that is just on Substack. And what's even funnier is that the one that's on Substack uses the, 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 the subject title of my newsletter every week as the title of the episode, which... <laughs> means that people who listen to it via the newsletter right. think that the episode last week was called My Grusque Baby Name is Spy Kids 420 The Squeakle. So, um, I'm a big fan of someone discovering it not through Substack and therefore just desperately trying to figure out like what these these episode titles are about. Oh, no, no, no. The episode titles for not Substack are way more clear. They're just oh, what we okay. talk about. Oh, then that makes sense then. Yeah. They just I mean, don't match the content at all. Cool. Exactly. I mean, either way, like I know who's I, I have a, an idea of who's listening. All podcast metrics are broken and garbage. And ultimately, that's, well, that's that's not quite fair. All metrics are garbage. That's also podcasts. true. That's also true. Um, we should we should, should do an episode on that at some point. All right, let's do it. Let's do it next week. Cool. OK. Um, you know, that, you know who she, we should know who she get on. We'll get Alan on. Oh, I love it. Okay, next week yeah. we're going to get our friend Alan on and we're going to talk about how all metrics on the internet are completely broken. Um, woo, this is our first tease for next week. That's kind of fun. Um, so anyways, I just want to say uh, sorry about Pocket Cash shit. Thank you all for listening. We can, I think we can see all of you. Um, and also feel free to tweet at us and email and all that shit. It's, it's super fun. And um, if you any of you come across an internet thing where you're like, I don't know what this is and I don't want to waste my time trying to figure it out, uh, feel free to send it over and we'll, we'll take a little look. Yeah, um, we definitely will. <laughs> we have nothing better to do. <laughs>